When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uzi energy drink. Yeah, it's that good. Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number third episode of... Todd Sinofante, T-O-double-D, Sinofante presents stunts and films, stunts and acting, and stunts and everything else. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk to you about some of the iconic projects that Todd has acted in and provided stunts and been stunt double and body double on, such as uh, Universal Soldier, The Return, Sudden Impact, Double Team, The Quest, and Todd is going to share with you some of the memorabilia that he has from some of the films that he's worked on over the years. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Todd T-O-double-D Sinofante. What is up? So yeah, a lot of uh, movie producers and directors, they, they want uh, you to have a great memory of the project you work on. So a lot of the crew members do come up with their own uh, memorabilia, like t-shirts and jackets and hats and whatever. So I collected a lot of uh, t-shirts, jackets throughout the years, and I just wanted to share with you um, some of those because for me, it just brings back memory of where I started. Sudden Death, we filmed in Pittsburgh. And my first film, and like I said in the other podcast, when I stepped out to that set and I saw the cameras and lights, and it just felt like, it just felt right. It's like, it felt like that I belong here. So... During the filming of Sudden Death, Sudden Death was a, was a long shoot, and we had a lot of 
uh, night shoots. And I explained in the prior podcast that night shoots really, they really mess up your eating habits, your, your workout habits. But uh, like I said, you got to do whatever you do to survive. And it was kind of funny because the crew uh, made up these T-shirts that uh, portray those long nights of, of shooting. Uh, and I'll just show it to you now. That the, the back of the shirt is really cool. You know, sudden death film crew. And again, it, it was so hectic and so long. Uh, it, it was filmed during the... NHL strike. So uh, what they did was they, on the front of the shirt, they put a, a hockey player and they named it Slow Death Pittsburgh 94, which was kind of cool. I do wear this a lot. You can see it's kind of, there's like a hole in the, in the top of it. So I, I do wear this one a lot. And probably the most memorable item I have is a sudden death windbreaker jacket I, I do wear this a lot i usually wear this to uh movies that i'm i'm working on now and on the back sudden death pittsburgh pa so i do wear this a lot you know tennessee uh wear this on like i said a lot uh so that's probably my most memorable um item I got. So after sudden death, we uh, went to Thailand and we filmed the quest. Uh, that was my first time overseas and what a place to go, Thailand. Phuket, most beautiful beaches, crystal clear waters. It really puts your, your life into perspective because when you're driving through these little villages and you see all the families, how they live, they have like a little tub. That's where they bathe. That's where they clean their food. It's, it, it really makes you appreciate what you have. Uh, and I'm so glad I had the experience to travel all over the world uh, working on these films. So the, uh, the T-shirts that the crew made up, it's really you know, a plain shirt, but you, know, you can see it says the, the Quest. And, of course, I cut the sleeves off it on the back. Now, this is from... This is from the uh, the lighting crew in Thailand. And you can also see that it's written in Thai, which is kind of cool from the quest. I do wear this, not as often, but but I do wear it. And then there's the, um, the rigging crew from the quest. Each department usually has their own uh, t-shirts made up. So this is the quest rigging crew 1995 and on the back it has all of all the names uh, of the gaffers which is kind of cool like i said you know brings back memories of uh of all of all the guys and th this is what it takes to make a film the crew is so important the lighting the gaffers you know down to the to craft service the hair and makeup it takes a lot to make a movie and you become like a big family because you're with, you know, I was with, uh, with the, the, Thai, or the Thailand crew for, you know, almost three months. So you get that sense of, you know, closeness, family. And uh, again, Thailand, we started in Phuket and then we worked our way up north to uh, Chiang Mai, Ayutthaya, 
to Tong Beach, and then we ended up in Bangkok. Now, Bangkok is, if you're single, I, I recommend that you visit Bangkok at least once. The funny thing about uh, when we were there, we had a translator, we had a guide, because there are certain parts in Thailand where you, where, where you can go and then where you shouldn't go. So we had a tour guide that would uh, bring us out at night and we'd walk around the, um, the markets and, uh, you know, they would say, okay, you know, you can, you can go down this street, but, but don't go down that street. So we, we listened, you know, we don't want to cause any problems, but there are, there are places that you want to shy away from. But other than that, the Thai people, we got to meet the, uh, the long neck people, you know, they have the, uh, the necks, you know, they said the, the, like chains, not chains around their neck, but they're like loops that they stretch the women's uh, necks out. That's what they do. And then they do the same thing with their wrists. They have rings around their wrists when they're young to extend it also on their ankles. So it's just, it, it's an experience that, you know, again, when I look at these now, I think I think back of, you know, when I first arrived, I got off the plane and it was like a heat wave. It was so hot and humid. And then from the time I left, you know, I, I would look back and just think, wow, wow, okay. Thailand, you know, maybe we'll see you again. I haven't been back, but you know, you never know. Maybe I'll get back one of these days. So those were the, and then the, the one shirt that I like is, uh, of course I bleached it, not on purpose, but uh, it's a red shirt with the question, you can see where I bleached it. It kind of gives a character. But I usually wear this, I cut the sleeves off, but that's from, uh, from The Quest, and The Quest is a great film. Got to work with Roger Moore. I was telling you the story of Roger Moore. We are having lunch one day, and all the crew was outside under a tent, and that, that film actually, Roger Moore hurt his leg. So he was on a crutch for, I'm going to say a couple weeks. But before he hurt his leg, we're all just eating lunch. And uh, oh, here's like somebody tapping on the shoulder. I look, I look back and it's Roger Moore. And he goes, would you like some more water? I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Roger Moore, pour me water. I get memories. Every time I look at these, I, I think of Roger Moore, Jack McGee, uh, Janet Gunn, James Remar, all these great actors where I had the pleasure of just sitting back and just watching. And we discussed at one time the best acting class is being on a set because you get everything at once. You know, you get the feeling of it. You see the camera guys. You, you, you listen to their lingo. These days, I don't think uh, young actors and actresses know what check the gate means. And just hearing that every day, check the gate. Those of the know what that is, when you actually do a scene, before you, you know, go further, the camera guy's got to get a little um, flashlight and look in the lens and make sure the lens is clean. So if you see like a little hair, it's okay, there's a hair on the lens, we got to go again. Otherwise, if everything is good, they'll say, you know, gate is good, moving on. Again, little things like that to just bring back, you know, memories of, of all the crew, all the cast, the locations. Um, so after sudden, after uh, the uh, the quest, uh, so Max and Maris, Max and Maris, we we filmed in Nice, France. Uh, 
New York, and Toronto. That was with Natasha Henstridge, um, great actress, beautiful actress, really nice girl, very professional. We got along good, you know, we'd kid around, you know, during takes. Um, but before we ended, you know, they, they came over and I got one of these, it's like a, uh, another like windbreaker zip up, you know, from uh, Columbia Pictures. And then on the back, Maximum Risk, Nice, France, Toronto, and New York are the locations. It's a windbreaker, you know, once in a while, but, but again, it's in some great shape. I don't really use this a lot because I want to preserve it. Uh, I should have it like put in like a case and frame it. But that's from uh, Maximum Risk, Columbia Pictures, great memories. Uh, and then after that, I have Hong Kong, so knockoff. And this is unique because this is kind of like a, a mistake. This is supposed to be the front where it says knockoff. And the back, this is what it's supposed to say on the back. So I got that on the front and that on the back, which is kind of, which is kind of cool. It makes it, you know, probably worth a lot more. Hong Kong. Same old Hong. Right before that, actually, you did maximum risk and then double team. Um, yeah, double team. We didn't. We have a uh, a little gym bag from double team. Mm -hmm. It's actually in my storage, but before. Um, it was double team. It was called a colony. And the gym bag I have is called a colony, which is, again, which is kind of cool because that's the original name. And then they changed it to double team. And like I said, double team was the, uh, the infamous tiger scene, which I still, you know, look behind me, make sure there's no tigers coming after me. <laughs> that was uh, the most adrenaline ever, having a, a, a beautiful beasts like that chasing you because they don't know any better. They had, you know, they did have the, the Wranglers on there, but, and I said that the tiger did get loose once and all you hear is over the walkie talkie, everybody in the wagons, tigers loose, everybody in the wagons, <laughs> everybody's jumping in the, looking out the window, you know, where's the tiger, where's the tiger? Well, that was actually the first film to my knowledge of Dennis Rodman. So like when you- Dennis Rodman, he was- ego from being an athlete into film or was he pretty easy to work with he was as cool as cool can be he was when i introduced myself hey dennis how you doing you know todd i'm close double he was more interested like how i got started so i just you know we sat around we talked a little bit and uh and then i remember telling him i said hey, dennis i said uh if we get a basketball you know i'm in a hoop i can i can show you how to throw some free throws <laughs> he kind of laughed and chuckled it but but he was he was very professional, always on time. And then, of course, Mickey Rourke, legend. He, he was, he had his moments like, you know, every big star does. But when the cameras are off, very personable, professional, just a really kind-hearted guy. And is a great actor. Um, I love them in Nine and a Half Weeks. I mean, we, we talk about his movies. You know, we just talk about everything. We talk about, you know, working out. So he was very, very down to earth. And then, you know, when the camera, camera's on, you got to get focused and, uh, you know, you do your thing. And he's still, he's probably one of the, the best actors I, I've worked with uh, to date. So yeah, double team, France 
and uh, Rome. Mm -hmm. uh, we filmed, uh, and, I, and again, that on, let me go back, Maximum Risk, I was telling you, that's how I got my SAG card. Mm -hmm. That's my, I did my first stunt, and I was a must join, and, and another shout out to Charlie Paterni, stunt coordinator, uh, because without him, I mean, these days, you know, to get your SAG card is very difficult, so I was, again, it's all about the timing, in the right place, the right time, I mean, that's, that's going to become my model, you know, my, me, the right place at the right time. So then after uh, the double team knockoff, we did Legionnaire mm -hmm. in Morocco, and I did have a jacket, and it was really nice. It was, it was similar to the sudden death. It was a white jacket with the black writing on it, um, and I, I do have to find that because, again, it, it's it's – Stuff that means a lot to you, you know, you, you want to preserve and keep. But that was a crazy shoot, too. That, that was my first experience in a sandstorm. One day we're in Sahara Desert, you look straight ahead, crystal clear blue skies, and then you turn around, a dark, the darkest cloud ever. Again, he's here on the micro or the, the, the walkie talkies. Okay, everybody in the trailer, in the trailer. Get in the trailer, close the door, and then you know you, you hear the you feel the trailer shake and the sand and everything like that. Maybe about 10, 15 seconds. You open the door, crystal clear. That was a hot shoot too. You know, in the Sahara Desert, <laughs> there's really no no shade when you're away from your honey wagons. Actually, on the set, you're just in the sand. You, you got to find shade, which was scarce over there. But Morocco, Morocco was was another interesting place. You get a day off, and then you just stroll, you know, through the village. You see all these people, handmade, you know, little bracelets and, and rugs. It's just amazing how talented um, they are and, and, and how they make a living, similar to Thailand. So the uh, what other one? I have? Okay, so this one here is uh, from. Until Death, we filmed in Bulgaria. Bulgaria was another, Sofia, we were in Sofia, Bulgaria. Beautiful, beautiful country, beautiful scenery. I, I yeah, just thinking about it now, it's, you know, brings back the, so many memories. And what they did for this t-shirt, they actually took a picture of the storyboard. Storyboard is like, you know, you have pictures of what you want to shoot, that day and, and what's going to happen and they actually took a they took a picture of the one storyboard lorenz's house inside this it, it's one scene that again it took so long everything that could go wrong did go wrong for this scene so that's why they put that one on the shirt and again when we first started it was called till death sophia 2006 and then they change it to until death so another all these memories tim it's it's uh i like it so then after uh, after until death universal soldier return we didn't really have um any uh any shirts made up because i was brought on towards the end it's funny because when I moved to California in 99, I was staying with a, a friend of mine and he let me borrow his car. So I went over to the local mall and I, I walked into this, remember the sharper image 
stores where they have like the massage chairs, all these different gadgets. So I'm, I'm sitting in the mall in the sharper image on the massage chair. I'm getting a massage. And this girl runs into her mom and dad and says, uh, hey, Jean-Claude Van Damme is here. He's in the middle of the mall. I'm like, really? <laughs> so I get up from the massage chair, feel really good, relaxed. Uh, I go and I, and I see him. I see Jean-Claude. Uh, it was Gladys and his kids, Christopher and Bianca. And I walked over. I said, hey, Jean-Claude. He goes, hey, Todd. He goes, I'm going to need you to come with me to Dallas to fix uh, or to, fi or to finish Universal Souls with the Return. I'll, I'll send all the information to you. I'm like, oh, cool. Because I just moved in like two weeks. You know, I see him. It, it was, you know, again, timing. <laughs> if I didn't get that massage at the mall, I probably wouldn't have you know, saw him there and and got to go to Dallas with him. So I went to Dallas for a week to finish up the end scene with Michael Jai White. I know a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people don't like Michael Jai White, but again, you know, when, when the camera's off, you know, these, these actors and actresses, they're just like normal. They're, they're like us. And I'll never forget the scene in, uh, in Universal Soldiers Return he has that one incredible sidekick. It just, it's like just picture perfect, the form and everything. Um, I have nothing but good things to say about him. So when we're doing the last fight scene, uh, we're sitting uh, in between takes because they're setting up. Now here's a technology back in 99. There's a scene where Michael Jai White kicks the gun out of our hands and it, it's got a flip up in the air and then we catch it. So the, uh, the, the, the coordinator uh, had a, a two by four and a little fishnet or a, a, a fishing line tied to the, the gun and had like dangling in the, in the air like that. I mean, <laughs> just thinking about it like, from, from then to now, you know, technology. But we, we cracked up and, and I remember I turned to Mike and I said, Mike, we could have did that. And we just started laughing. It, it, it was, it was, it was great. You know, Goldberg. I was talking about meeting Goldberg. He's like a big teddy bear. Really nice guy. He's very smart too. And I told him, I said, I said, hey, Bill. I said, uh, I don't want you to get upset with me, but uh, Sting is my favorite wrestler. He goes, Steve is a great guy. He goes, I'll tell him. I said, cool, cool. And it wasn't too long ago. I'm going to say maybe three or four months. I got the, um, a message from him because I sent a picture. There's a picture we took in the makeup trailer where he's choking me. And I sent that picture to him. And his response was, wow, brother, long time ago. So we kind of like, uh, it's like hitting this with him. I know he's really busy. Um, but yeah, let's keep in touch. So it'd be cool to hear, hear from him again. And then besides the, um, the Jean-Claude films, I did a film called Kung Fui. The uh, spoof on uh, Van Damme and Bruce Lee, the, uh, my character's name was Jean Fraud Croissant. <laughs> when I heard that name, it was, I, I was dying. So they, uh, when we finished that film, they made us a uh, Kung Fu. And on the back, it's got the little guy with the peach, the ancient peach. If you didn't see the movie, then I won't ruin it for you, but that's the, the ancient peach. It's called Kung Fu Quest 
for the ancient peach. Uh, so another, and we filmed this one up in uh, San Francisco. Fisherman's Wharf is, is uh, I, re I recommend you checking that out. We did the Alcatraz tour, like in the, in the, in the boat, you go all around, you put the headphones on and they just give you a history of Alcatraz. And then the, uh, the last thing I have from the Jean, oh, here, I forgot, yeah. The last thing I have is uh, from Jean-Claude Van Johnson, the TV series. Uh, on this one, I was, uh, I was actually his, his driver and his um, trainer on the set. There wasn't a lot of action on this, but uh, you know, he wanted me to be a part of it, so, which was kind of cool. And uh, it's a great series. It didn't get picked up. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, I believe. And he plays all these different characters, funny characters, serious characters. It, it showed his range of not just, you know, kicking and punching because he's got a great sense of humor. So Jean-Claude Van Johnson, the shirt, and it says season one, season one crew, I survived scene 422. 422 was another another long day. It's kind of cool that um, some film crews uh, put this on there because it makes you think back on, on on that scene. It was another long scene that everything was going wrong. Everything was going wrong from the lighting, the camera, you know. It, it, was, uh, it was a long shoot, but it was a great, great TV series. And also they gave us... This is like, like a letterman's jacket, you know, it says season one, and on the back, you know, Jean-Claude Van Johnson, it's got a hood, you can take the hood off too, but I think the hood looks kind of cool on it. Another one, it's in, you know, this is 2017. I wear this sometimes, you know, when it gets cold, but not too often in California. So those are kind of, and last but not least, I was telling you, um, I forgot, a pound of flesh we did in China. Um, Aki, Aki was in it, um, John Ralston, a lot of these great, great actors. Um, just hearing their stories, you know, and just hearing everybody, like just, again, from the, from the, from the gaffers to the best boys to the, all the lighting guys, it's just cool to hear them because they've worked on films that I've, I loved. Um, and it's just great to hear what they think about, you know, certain actors, how, uh, how was it working with, you know, a director. It's just great stories that, you know, um, you keep, you know, you keep with you and, uh, you know. So for a pound of flesh, if, if you didn't see it, we wear these, uh, these are the actual glasses we wear. <laughs> these from, from all the scenes that you see Jean-Claude in. Um, and these are the, and, and they're really light. You can wear them inside and outside. And I do, I, I do wear glasses, um, inside a lot because I had that LASIK surgery. And that's why I, I, I wear these a lot because I can wear these indoors and outdoors because the glare, uh, sometimes affects my eyes. But these are, yeah, actual glasses from Pound of Flesh. We, we filmed them in China. So a lot of good, uh, a lot of great memories what the memorabilia is. And I actually asked about Powers Booth, because he's one of my favorite character actors. 
So any any memories or stories of Powers Booth working with him on the set of Sudden Death? Powers Booth was a very man, he was because he, he's playing like a like a terrorist. So he was so focused in that in that character. I really didn't I, I would go over and say hi to him, but I wouldn't, you know, chit chat with him. Um but again, professional on, on time and again you sit back and, and, and you watch and, and you learn. I mean that's 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 how I learned, you know, being on the set, watching the actors. When I first started watching, you know, the stunt guys and, you know, talking to the stunt coordinators. Oh, how do you do that? Oh, is that how you did that? Just, you know, soaking up all that knowledge, you know, mm-hmm. for me to, to, to move forward. So all the films you've done, stunts on, stunt doubling, um, acting, what do you prefer now and where you are in your career? Do you prefer acting or stunts? What's your first preference? Right now, I, I, I like being in front of the camera, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to turn down any job for doing stunts because stunts is like, it's like a big adrenaline rush. And um, if you think too much, you're going to get hurt. You know, you just got to just go forward, give it a hundred percent. But if, like I said, if you came to me right now and said, Todd, I got this big martial arts film, and then I got this action, dramatic, romantic comedy uh, script, right now where I am, I would choose the latter. Um, if, if I had a choice, you know, of course I would go whatever, you know, project was presented to me. But if I had a choice, that's what I think, because, you know, all the martial arts films, Everything's been done, you know, um, but acting, it just gives you, you know, that range, you know, to do the action, but then, you know, to deliver a monologue, um, you know, uh, show the, uh, the funny side, the, the romantic side, um, that's what I would do right now. So that's, uh, that's where I am. So out of all the projects you've done, do you feel like you've had an opportunity thus far to really showcase your acting skills? Or do you think that opportunity is not yet presented itself to you? Well, I think every every actor, you know, feels that, you know, they they want to do better. I feel right now, The Rideshare Killer was my biggest role to date. And it's a great film. So that's where... I think I can always get better because you don't want to, you don't want to stay in neutral. You, you want to move forward. I mean, it was a great role. uh, And, uh, but when I finished it, you always think, Hmm, I could have done that better, but you know, what what can you do? It's finished and uh, you know, you move on. So what are the things you liked about that film? Because you actually had the opportunity to, do stunts and acting on that film and you played the killer and i will say this and a lot of people may not know but throughout horror movie history a lot of times the production company will hire the actor to play the killer and then they'll hire somebody else to do the stunts for the killer in the movie but you actually played the killer and did all your own stunts so how was that how was that experience doing that well this part was uh for me it was more more dialogue than, than that. The, the only action in it was at the very end 
when uh, uh, you know when I when I block the uh, the sword. So that was pretty much you know. And then I get uh, when I when I grab the girl and then I you know get hit in the stomach and the foot and then the groin and I fall on the ground. But I did that a few times, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't as strenuous at all. I was more fo focused on delivering my lines, staying in character. And uh, working with Tuesday Night, you know, she, we had such a great chemistry uh, on that film. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to work with Eric, but I did, uh, you know, uh, a few months ago on a film. But uh, Eric is, for me, okay, I, everybody knows who Eric Roberts is. For him to work as much as he does, he doesn't need to be, you know, the star of the show. For me, it's just, that's passion. He can work on a movie for half a day and just, you know, give a line. He's got like a, over 680 credits or something like that. That's <laughs> that's dedication right there. Um, a lot of respect for him. And hopefully, you know, in the near future, we'll get to do, you know, something together. Um, more on screen time with him. Um, hey, you never know. 1,000%. So, I mean, I know, obviously, Jean-Claude Van Damme was a huge influence to you to get into the business because you followed his career. But is there are there any actors that you would consider to be influential to you as far as your acting career? I was, I'm a big fan of Michael Caine. I think Michael Caine is one of the greatest actors. I actually have uh, his book I got back in 1994, Acting in Film. Mm -hmm. And I... Uh, to this day, I still read it. When I go to a movie set, I actually have it with me in my bag. Um, just a little, little details that can make you a a better actor. Like just for one instance, he has an uh, a chapter in the book about blinking, and he says everybody sees the eyes. The eyes tell everything. They tell the whole story. And he says, when you're delivering a line, especially for a close-up, you know, you don't want to keep blinking. It kind of kind of shows weakness. And I practice it, I practice it. You know, delivering lines without blinking is a difference, you know. And then facing your, your you know, to open your face on a close-up, you know, you, you line up your eye to the camera, laugh. Just little things like that that I've picked up in that book. And then as far as uh, character actors, uh, I love Ed Harris, you know, Kevin Pollack. You know, these guys, these guys are true troopers, you know, because they don't get a lot of the uh, accolades they deserve, you know. It's usually just a star of the show. But sometimes these character actors can outshine the star of the show or actresses, you know. So it's... Uh, yeah, Michael Caine is up there. I'm a big fan of Tom Cruise too. You know, he's a he's the epitome of an action action star because you know, again, he does a lot of his stuff, and uh, you know, it just shows you how much he cares about the film because he wants it to make so much his fans to, to really see him. Um, and there are certain things that you know, with insurance, you can't do which is understandable. You know, a lot of these actors and actresses do have doubles, you know, for insurance purposes. But uh, it would be cool to, you know, just do a film and just do everything. But I, 
that's probably won't happen because again, you know, if the star of the show gets hurt, you know, the co-star of the show gets hurt, then you know they got to shut down, and 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 who knows when they'll start back up. Yeah, one thousand percent. You know, that's the part of being bondable and having a completion bond on your film. You have to have insurance and make sure everybody is safe on the set and off the off the set. Um, one project we didn't really discuss is Pulp Stone. So I know you did utility stunts on that film, and I do believe Eric Roberts was in that film. Um, any any thoughts on that and on that film? Pulp's uh, Pulp's alone. I was brought on by uh, my, my, my stunt coordinator friend, David Shark Frelick, and uh, he, uh, he goes, look, you know, all it is is just a slip and fall. So the camera is, you know, from the waist down, and all we're doing is uh, walking in the kitchen, and then I slip and I fall back. So that's, you know, pretty much called a utility stunt where, uh, you know, you don't see any you know you don't see the actor you don't really don't really don't see any part of of the main actor but just from the waist down and i didn't get a chance to, to see eric on that because it was just really like like one day's work um but again you know it, it's you, you go on these sets and 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 you make connections and that's what it's all about you know you you, you build that trust in you know those coordinators or the, uh, the producers and that's pretty much you know the, the name of the game you know it's not what you know it's who you know but it's nice to have some some talent to back up if uh need for something else and it's always best to stay ready that way you don't have to get ready so when the opportunity calls you're there and you meet that opportunity I think that's a lot of people don't understand how important it is to recognize opportunity when it presents itself you have anything to say about that I think your exact words, 100%. I mean, you know, you have to be ready, especially in this business, because you never know. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, Let me give you a, a quick example. For Pound of Flesh, they started uh, the production uh, a month prior to when I got the call. And I got the call and I said, look, Jean-Claude, you know, need you on Pound of Flesh. Are you available? And I'm thinking... Yeah, a couple of weeks. I said, well, when, when do you need me? And they're like, now. So I remember I had to drive down to L.A. to get the visas and all the paperwork done. In a matter of three days, I'm on a flight to China. So, yeah, I mean, it's you just never know, you know. Always be ready, like they say. Right on. And actually on that cue, my man, is the end of episode number three. Todd Sinofonte, T-O-double-D, presents stunts in film, stunts in acting, and stunts in everything else. you have any words you want to close out with? T-O-double-D out. Train hard, think positive, and have fun. Back with episode number four momentarily. <laughs>